Hi, good morning, Pavas. Good morning, uh, Sid. How are you doing? <laughs> doing good. How are you? Very good. Uh, thank you for so much for uh, joining in now. Sure. Thank you. Great. So, uh, Pavas, uh, we have been discussing about uh, Pathfinders before this call. Yes. And I thought it would be very interesting for our listeners also to know more mm. about Pathfinders and how do mm. you help people mm. uh, tap opportunities outside the box. That's what I read. Mm. That's right. You know, That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you want me to go like that? Uh, all right. So, uh, so thanks, Sid, uh, for this uh, hosting this uh, chat show, uh, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, dear listeners. Uh, so my name is Pavas uh, Agarwal. I'm the founder and uh, managing partner of uh, Pathfinders Knowledge Advisory. We are a, a very uh, interesting firm uh, in one sense. Uh, mm-hmm. What we really do is we provide some bespoke. learning and development and uh, employee engagement uh, experiences hmm. uh, to corporates uh, hmm. but but what we do it is in very interesting formats uh, what we believe is that you know frankly content is uh, uh, no more king uh, hmm. it is it is more freely available easily available uh, thanks thanks to mr google actually so hmm. uh, you know you put a reasonably intelligent human being Uh, uh in in front of a computer give him or her google access mm. uh give him or her a subject and mm. four hours and after four hours you will get a reasonably good content mm. uh so uh, you know while content has to be good and robust it is not the differentiator uh, mm. uh the differentiator really is how do you make that content sticky how do you make the content last longer how do you make the content uh sus- sustainable Uh, in the minds of uh, the audience, and and what we at Pathfinders do is really uh, bring that live uh, through interesting formats. Uh, we have both tech and non-tech formats. Uh, on the tech side, we use things like artificial intelligence-based assessments, which can be used for uh, you know mass recruitment. It can be used for pre-training needs assessments. It can be used for training delivery modules. It can be so, used for. So, Pavas, if I understood you right. so uh, quickly to recap uh, whatever we discussed in last two minutes yeah uh, you said that uh, there there was a time where we did not have content but today we have a content overload we have information right. available very readily yep. so yep. getting content is not a big deal but yep. how we utilize that content and how we make sure that it has an impact it creates an effect and how to right. find it useful and obviously create that stickiness so that people come back absolutely uh, so that is what you are trying to do Yep. and uh, you spoke about assessments and training so are you doing training and assessments both or are you doing only assessment so how is it no so we do both actually uh, yeah. and and for both we have some very as i said you know our our usp is really interesting formats hmm. and and we both uh, we, we do both assessments and training in interesting formats hmm. uh, so for for example let's take the case of assessments we use hmm. artificial intelligence hmm. uh, you know not the uh, usual uh, run of the mill assessment mm. modules that uh, you know that are there in the market mm. uh, on the training front for example we use as i said tech and non tech formats on the non tech formats uh, just to give you some uh, pointers we use theater we use dance we use music mm. we use indian mythology we use uh, movies we use uh, comedy we use simulation games mm. uh, you know uh, so so while while these formats give a interesting layer of mm. of of uh, interesting formats uh we also ensure that the content is is extremely robust because mm. uh you know uh, you know while i said that content is not a differentiator and it's easily available mm. uh that is actually the core product uh mm. but how we deliver it is is as important uh, 
uh, that's mm. that's the point i i wanted to sort of drive okay. uh, uh, you know and and uh, that actually makes the content sticky uh, you could for example talk about an organization's values in a classroom in a ppt format but uh, but if you do it let's say using theater or dance hmm. uh, it it lasts longer in the minds of the people uh, hmm. you know so that's that's the kind of uh, approach that we take so so you're using a, a unique approach in delivering the content absolutely I that's right. It, right so you use drama you use theater and yes. make sure those points uh, yes. come out of those ppts and uh, become more glamorous and interesting yeah i would say interesting not not necessarily glamorous yeah. uh, uh but but surely interesting you know yeah. i want to make a difference between fun and frivolous hmm. uh you know uh, our our delivery formats are fun hmm. uh you know all the formats that i talked about uh, whether it's theater dance music indian mythology uh, comedy movies simulation games they're all fun formats so these are experiential in nature basically you make people participate and act, you know actively get into it that's right but they are not frivolous we do not talk frivolous stuff we we talk some really serious stuff that is important to the company's uh, strategy or business mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, but we do it in a fun way mm-hmm. instead of you know uh, in a boring way that's 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 the difference oh okay so who are your uh, uh, customers uh, do you approach only organizations or people can walk in and get themselves trained how is it uh yeah so uh, so we we ours is a b2b model uh, we 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 offer as of now only in house and customized uh, uh, solutions mm-hmm. uh, on that front of course we have three uh, you know broad uh, audience one mm-hmm. is the corporates uh, mm-hmm. and in the corporates uh, you know their teams their executives and so on mm-hmm. uh, there there are two other segments that we uh, continuously talk to uh, mm-hmm. one is the, the the one one segment is the startups Hmm. and here i am talking about startups which are slightly mature in the journey hmm. uh, who have you know seen some traction from the early days and so on hmm. and and they are now looking to scale up uh, hmm. uh, so that's one segment the other segment that we continuously talk to is is the institutions hmm. and uh, particularly the progressive ones of course uh, hmm. uh, and and i'm talking about educational institutions hmm. uh, so so that's these are the three broad segments that we really talk to and hmm. uh, um you know in one sense uh, if you if you talk about it commercially of course you know the money is in the corporates uh, but but we continuously work with startups and institutions in one sense to give back to society as well and uh, at the same time learn from them so educational institutions is it for students or are you focusing on the uh, academic and non academic uh, uh, staff uh so uh, it's it's basically students uh, uh, and uh, uh some executive programs that are run by educational institutions that mm-hmm. that again in one sense goes back to corporates mm-hmm. okay so so what is the learning i mean what what do people gain out of this so when like once a corporate or a startup uh, signs mm-hmm. off for a program mm-hmm. so what can they expect as an outcome as a learning outcome yeah, yeah. so uh, you know on our on our portfolio of people that we have mm-hmm. uh, we have uh, uh, you know uh, i will call out a couple of things one is mm-hmm. uh we have very varied uh, uh you know uh, and an accomplished set of people on our on our portfolio mm. uh they are not the typical uh, lnd professionals mm. they are uh, they have they have you know done business they have uh, headed businesses mm. uh for decades and more uh, two decades uh, in most cases uh they have had some real life experiences themselves i mean uh, for example we have army veterans on our on our mm. portfolio we have 
people who have written books authors mm-hmm. uh, on a portfolio we have people who are uh, who have written bollywood movies uh, mm-hmm. in, for example on a portfolio mm-hmm. uh, we have ex mckinsey people we have people from iits iims uh, we have entrepreneurs so these people these kind of people actually bring uh, their you know they have lived life uh, both you know very deeply both professionally and personally mm-hmm. and and they bring all that experiences to the table uh so when they when such people deliver our programs with uh, our clients uh the client can really expect to see uh, real outcomes out of this it is not it is not uh learning development for the sake of learning development uh it is not employee engagement for the sake of employee engagement uh but they can actually uh, look forward to real outcomes and and we also have a mechanism in which we actually handhold uh the participants or teams uh after the intervention is over uh of course depending on uh, our our arrangements with the company uh in terms of we actually review their personal commitments that they have made at the intervention uh in in one sense uh so so this is this is what really uh, uh you know uh, our clients can really look forward to uh, i mean real outcomes uh, from uh interventions which are delivered in extremely interesting formats okay and what kind of uh, durations do you generally recommend the corporate kind of what kind of durations is it long term short term or yeah. yeah so uh okay the the i think you know the the actual intervention may uh maybe half day to two days mm-hmm. uh but as i said we have a mechanism through which we actually review the outcomes mm-hmm. uh or the implementation of those commitments uh you know what kind of challenges that people might be having to implement some of the commitments that they have made at the intervention uh what kind of support do they need from the organization so we have a mechanism to do that so the moment we get into that format the engagement is really long long term uh and uh, while i said that the actual intervention may be about half day to two days uh you know most companies most of our clients actually run a series of such interventions uh so so you know uh, our 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 repeat business is is pretty high so uh, uh most of our engagements are actually uh, on based on long term relationships with the clients mm. and and uh, and therefore the engagement really lasts for a long time while the micro level engagement might actually be a short one okay so the batches will keep changing you're saying the kind of people who sit for your engagements could change that's right with the corporate the engagement is a long term absolutely and uh, even even the batch that has gone through an intervention mm-hmm. uh you know our our we have a system as i said uh, through which we keep in touch with them mm-hmm. uh you know on a on a review call monthly review call kind of a format mm-hmm. uh where we drive the implementation of their commitments made at the intervention mm-hmm. so so that's that's how it is okay great fantastic uh, any any specific uh, example you would like to quote of a corporate uh, where you really made a difference in the recent past yeah sure uh you know i'm okay so this is a public platform so i'm not really uh, okay let, <laughs> let, let, let to all the corporates i'm sure <laughs> yeah yeah that's right yeah. so so we we really did uh, okay let me let me call out uh, two uh, two examples that we recently did hmm. uh one was one one was with kotak life uh, insurance hmm. uh so they have a for their agency uh, mid to senior uh, professionals mm-hmm. uh, they have a two year learning journey mm-hmm. uh, which is actually uh, divided into seven steps uh, 
Hmm. Uh, and so step one is let's say managing myself. Step two is managing others. Hmm. Step three is managing business and so on. Hmm. Uh, we came in at the seventh step of empowering others. Hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, so you know, a, a manager or a leader can actually grow only when he or she is able to empower others and delegate uh, hmm. a lot of work uh, that he or she has to do himself or herself. Hmm. Uh, and 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 we actually focused on that theme of empowerment. Hmm. Uh, we are running a series of workshops with Product Life uh, Insurance, hmm. purely on the subject of empowerment, using a series of uh, simulation games hmm. uh, and and cartoons, for example. Uh, and and the feedback has been amazing. Uh, hmm. You know, uh, so so we are so that's that's one example. Of course, we have a mechanism where we are reviewing the. Uh, implementation of those commitments by the audience uh, in the workshop uh, that that's one example uh, another example is where uh, you know uh, there's a company called suza s u s e it's a it's a german multinational software company uh, which is really looking to grow from about 400 billion dollars to a billion dollars in the next uh, 3 years uh, and while of course there are business levers to pull and push to get there uh, there is a lot of mindset change that is also uh, required to get there and and we did a, a great workshop with them uh, uh, in terms of their transforming their mindsets their 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 colleagues mindsets uh, mm-hmm. using a very interesting format uh, and and so this is these are just two real very recent examples that we are uh, you know uh, I, I can talk about mm-hmm. uh, of course i'm in touch with several other uh, a clients where we are seeing a lot of traction in terms of continuing engagements mm-hmm. great Fantastic. hello yeah i can hear you okay so uh, powers most training programs focus on uh, making people think outside the box that's right uh, but uh, most of your description talks about uh, tapping opportunities outside the box that's right so, so how do you really differentiate this what do you, uh, what do you mean when you say tapping opportunities outside the box sure you know uh, i think i would also take this to a larger discussion in terms of general life and business mm-hmm. uh, you know when anyone operates inside the box uh, it's you know, frankly it is very crowded mm-hmm. uh, you know anything inside the box is always going to be crowded particularly in a country like india mm-hmm. you you pick any uh, business to work on in india mm-hmm. and you may think that it is extremely niche mm-hmm. but uh and if however if you're operating inside the box uh you will always find a huge crowd already operating there hyper competitive uh, that's right uh yeah so so that's one now let's go outside the box uh if you go too far outside the box uh you know it, it, one is that it has not been tested uh that idea may not have been tested uh the second is it may be well ahead of its time mm-hmm. and and therefore the chances of of of, of failure are very high uh, uh so you know frankly i always uh, would advise to operate just outside the box not inside the box and not too far outside the box uh now of course that is contextual and uh, you know you need to sort of uh, figure out or figure it out for yourself mm-hmm. but let's just the case let's take the case of of you know uh, let me let me draw out another interesting concept from history uh, you know during the renaissance period in italy uh, there was a very uh, wealthy family 
called the Medici family, M-E-D-I-C-I, Medici family. Now, this family encouraged artisans, they, they encouraged uh, craftsmen, they encouraged uh, creative people to sort of work together to create new stuff. And uh, and because they were operating at the boundaries of different instruct, uh, you know, different uh, fields, they created some really interesting stuff at that point in time. And and that's how uh, Renaissance period actually grew, and and the European uh, culture and and economy really grew at that point in time. Uh, and this is I'm talking about 400 years back. Uh, this is true even today. Uh, and this has actually come to known as uh, the Medici effect. Uh, so if one is able to operate at the mm-hmm. interface of fields mm-hmm. and, and, and this is just outside the box, by, mind you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, one has a higher chance of success because one, one is not in the crowded space. Mm-hmm. Second, one is not too far out uh, with, uh, playing with things that has not been tested or well ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, in, in, in the business that I run in, in Pathfinders, I have found a very interesting interface between learning and development and strategy and uh, employee engagement. And I marry it with different uh, arts like, as I said, artificial intelligence, virtual reality, uh, theater, dance, music, uh, movies, comedy, games. Uh, so, so, so that's how it is, uh, uh, you know, in one sense. Uh, we really operate at, at the interface of different fields. And and this is really just outside the box. So when I when I said tapping opportunities outside the box, hmm. this is what really I meant by tapping opportunities just outside the box, hmm. uh, not inside the box, not too far away. So mainly we are looking at incremental innovation rather than drastically trying to do something uh, new, uh, where the chances of failure could be high. Yes, you can. Yes, I I okay. Let me. You can put it that way. Uh, of course, if you're if you're big, if you're deep deep pocket, and you should do uh, try to do uh, you know drastic innovation uh, of the likes of Elon yeah, Musk, <laughs> but 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 most of us are not Elon Musk's. Correct. So so uh, I think a, a, a better way for us to really uh, drive value in this world mm-hmm. is to operate just outside the box mm-hmm. uh, and and not too far away and not not inside surely. Right, right, brilliant. Uh... So, Pavas, uh, has this aha moment come uh, during the course of your journey in your corporate career? And when did it come? Hmm. Uh, could you enlighten us? Sure. You know, uh, I actually came across this concept of aha moment in a book by Mr. R. Gopalakrishnan, uh, hmm. where he, he's written a book called, uh, you know, the, When the Penny Drops. Hmm. And he talks about the aha moments over there. Hmm. And uh, I found the concept very interesting when I read that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I went along uh, in my own life, mm-hmm. I actually realized that aha moment is actually not a moment, mm-hmm. and it is it should not be a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it should you should let it brew for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should let those aha moments that you get uh, brew for a while inside you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 the same thing has happened with me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, as I went about my career, mm-hmm. uh, I'm and I'm like I have a 20 year old career now mm. uh, and if i go back 15 years mm. i uh, uh, i can actually see the you know uh, uh, i can actually sort of uh, think about the seeds of my current uh, uh, you know whatever i'm doing right now mm. uh, the seeds of these being sown almost 15 years back mm. and 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 as i went about my career of course opportunities came my way and uh, you know uh, 
so whatever i'm i'm i did in my past mm-hmm. has is contributing to what i'm doing right now mm-hmm. and 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 whatever i'm doing right now i'm sure will contribute to my work in the future so uh, so i i very strongly believe that nothing ever goes waste uh, whatever you're doing at any point in time you are going to actually see the benefit of that as as steve jobs said uh, you know the dots will connect in future you never know when and where but they will connect uh, uh, yeah and so that's that's one thing the other thing is uh, the concept of aha moments itself hmm. uh, you know uh, as i said you should let these aha moments brew inside you for a while hmm. uh, and you know it is exactly the same concept of of you know operating just outside the box uh because if you start acting on aha moments the moment they come uh uh you know you are going to be very mercurial you are going to be very impulsive uh you may not have done enough research on that and you may actually jump uh on that uh, aha moment and uh, and and there is a higher chance of failing uh if you let this aha moment brew and and let it come to you again and again uh and and in the meantime while your mind is processing these aha moments as it brews inside you uh, uh you are of course going to do some research around it you are going to speak to people uh you are going to become more robust uh in terms of uh, uh you know uh, uh in terms of how to sort of execute it uh and then when you are sort of ready in all respects and of course again i said this is contextually to each person you need to take the jump uh now as i said uh, in the in the tapping the opportunities outside the box concept uh again you should not let this aha moment brew too long because because then the passion will die uh, uh you know so uh, just like the box concept uh you know uh, you have to be just right just outside the box not too far away not inside uh similarly in the aha moments you should not immediately act on every aha moment that you get uh at the same time you should not let the aha moments brew for too long uh so there is a balance that you need to drive for yourself and and there is no really right or wrong answer to this but 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 conceptually you need to just be aware of this that you should you should let the aha moments brew for a while before you actually act on them right i think there are two interesting management uh, terms used for this one is one extreme is called paralysis by analysis mm. another one is called impulse by instinct that's right absolutely 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 so i think uh, each person or each uh, uh, you know uh, professional should should really find his or her own golden mean uh, mm. and there is a golden mean uh, the 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 important thing to understand is that there is a golden mean mm. so just taking your previous point forward powers about if you having extensive experience Uh, hmm. you have studied in one of the best institutions you have been you have been to iim and mm-hmm. you held uh, senior level positions board level positions you have been mm-hmm. tata group and i think in your most recent position you were pro vice chancellor of uh, nathumond university that's right uh, and but uh, today we see lot of uh, young kids just passing out of college uh, and mm-hmm. just starting up uh, mm-hmm. there are so many e cells and incubators in college itself trying yep. to yep. get entrepreneurs right from college yep. from day one Yeah. Uh, so, so do you think uh, work experience uh, will not add value, or uh, the chances of success uh, are much higher when you have hmm. work experience and maturity on your side? Sure. Rather than just sure. starting off after college. Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, uh, there is actually research now to uh, to say that uh, uh, 
you know entrepreneurs in their 40s uh, have a higher chance of success uh, uh, but of course there are uh, stories of all types uh, older older entrepreneurs than 40s uh, for example ray croc actually started uh, when he was 56 and he was cancer uh, ridden uh, at the same time there are much younger entrepreneurs who have started in mylin college in school itself so so there are stories uh, and examples of all kinds but but at a macro level research has proven that if you are in your 40s as an entrepreneur you have a higher chance of success and i think there are reasons for this uh, one is uh, you know when you are in your 40s you have about uh, let's say two decades of experience under your belt uh, and and that experience is is actually meaning a lot uh, mm. it has it has taught you to handle success it has taught you to handle failures mm. and and it has given you a lot of learnings uh, because of that mm. uh, uh, you know i and th- i think that's an important thing to have while starting out mm. uh, that's one secondly uh, uh, after two decades of of working uh, most people would have made reasonable uh, money Uh, you know at a personal finance level mm-hmm. and and that is one very important cushion must one must have while starting out mm-hmm. uh, it it allows you to you know operate outside the box as i said uh, in one sense take risks and so on mm-hmm. uh, that's a second thing that you know people in their 40s uh, typically will have mm-hmm. uh, the third thing that people in their uh, you know mid mid career will have is uh, a personal stability uh so their personal life by then would have sorted out uh, uh either way you know uh, uh, they would be uh, you know whatever their personal situation is uh, they would be uh, comfortable in that uh, whether it's good or bad or whatever it is but but that would have settled down uh, either their parents or their family immediate family or their kids uh, you know so those things would have settled down so that gives a lot of uh mental peace to sort of work on things uh, at a professional level yeah. the fourth thing is the network that one develops while working for almost two decades mm. uh and that is an extremely important thing to to use uh one as an entrepreneur uh now all these four things will not be available to a youngster who is starting out in in his or her 20s or you know late teens uh experience money personal stability and network mm. uh having said that people do start out in their late teens and early 20s and and some of them do make it a success uh hats off to them but i think i think you know uh, uh, uh there is research and there is very strong reasons to 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 get into entrepreneurship a little later in life uh, rather than uh, extremely early in career so what do you advise to our listeners maybe there are people who are just starting off uh, after college mm. in case they want to really do it without working for a few years mm. uh, what are the words of caution uh, that you would want them to take uh i think the word i think really uh, there is see frankly there's no substitute to what you would get uh, after two decades of uh, working and then starting out right mm. uh, you can't i mean that that cannot really be replaced by anything else you mm. cannot uh, have the experience of a of a two decades old experienced person uh, without without going through it uh, right uh, i think i think one one really strong reason for one to start out early is 
if if one has a great idea and you have one has pilot tested it uh, to some extent and and there is a there is a you know visibly a strong market uh, to sort of do so uh, and so i think that's that's one real strong reason the other strong reason could be that at a at a personal level uh, you know uh, the the financials are comfortable either from a family point of view or or you have got uh, let's say manna from heaven from some investors or or from entrepreneurship cell uh, so if that is the case then then go ahead and start out uh, uh, so yeah so these are the two uh, things that so if you can get you know these things in your in your bucket uh, experience money personal stability network uh, at an early age uh, so be it i mean why why wait for uh, 20 years hmm. interesting yeah that's right so there's a question here i think uh, mr krishna and mr sid could you please share to us what is the one word in your experience to tap outside the mediocrity out okay is uh, i uh, so that's so out in so okay first of all my name is not krishna it is it is pavas uh, my full name is pavas krishna agarwal but you can call me pavas uh, i think the question is uh, can you share to us what is the one word in your experience to tap uh i think it is clearly network uh you know your your professional and your personal network uh this is clearly the most important thing uh in my own business for example uh, uh and thanks to my uh, experience and so i i use my alumni network from from both iit and iim i use my professional network from having worked in the corporate world for more than 18 years i also use my network in the academia uh, having worked with uh, you know nazi monji uh, at a senior level and of course now as an entrepreneur i i use uh, you know very uh, uh, you know uh, uh, a lot of references to to really get my work uh, so it's it's all about networking and while i talk about networking uh, the important point is to really to look at deep networking rather than uh you know shallow or frivolous networking mm-hmm. uh so so uh, so this is really i mean for example said you mm-hmm. and me got connected on a on a social network uh and and we have spoken several times and we are now having this uh, you're hosting my uh, the chat show right mm-hmm. so this is really deep this is a clear example of deep networking how 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 deep networking can you know really make things happen and add value to this world to and to yourself right. uh so this is this is one word that i would really leave uh, you know uh, this person with is about using your network so powers before we uh, close uh, would you like to throw some light on opportunities in pathfinders if our listeners want to work with you sometime sure so you know frankly given the kind of work that we do uh, which is just outside the box uh, said uh and we operate the interface of uh, different fields like learning and development employee engagement and strategy on one side mm-hmm. and interesting formats like artificial intelligence virtual reality uh theater dance music indian mythology movies comedy games on the other side we are always looking for very interesting people and partners mm-hmm. uh, uh so you know i in fact i spend about uh and i'm not joking i spend about half my time Hmm. uh uh looking for or interacting with such people and partners uh hmm. 
because that's the core of my business and and if any one of you of of the listeners that are there on the on the call right now uh you feel that you're doing something interesting just outside the box please get in touch with me and i'll be very very happy to engage uh, uh you know and and take things forward from there uh, uh so that's that's clearly one opportunity that that we look at uh, the other of course is you know as we grow as we as we scale up we will look at uh, three kinds of uh, uh Uh, skills in our in our company one is around business development second is around partnership development and third is around uh, content development but that's a little later uh, frankly right now i'm just looking for very interesting and uh, you know uh, 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 people who are people and partners are doing very interesting stuff in their own work uh, where i can actually engage with great so uh, power i think it was a great conversation and i'm sure our listeners have found it very useful uh, knowing about how to tap opportunities uh, not very far from the box but just outside the box and also got to know a lot about about pathfinders and its unique way of uh, delivering training programs and uh, making sure corporate institutions benefit from it sure so, yeah so great job and uh, listeners can uh, contact powers online on linkedin is available on facebook and you can also apply on web any some website powers would you like to uh, mention here Yeah, so I think right now I think that just to connect with me, I think the best way to do it is is through, as said you said, LinkedIn and Facebook. I think these are great great options. Uh, and from there, of course, we we get into more deeper networking as I as we talked about. Great, thank you so much, Pavel, for your time early morning. Sure, Have thank you. And thanks thanks uh, uh, thanks everybody who's on the call, and thank you, Sid, for for a great uh, host for being a great host. and uh, look forward to uh, making many more connects uh, uh, you know going forward thank you sure thank you so much thanks a lot bye